Sharon, we need to figure out what just happened. Let's unload and hit the jacuzzi. I do my best thinking there. Right, I'll get the dolly. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, okay. All, all right. right. Um, <laughs> all right, welcome to Trash Cannon. Uh, we are here to talk about a classic action film from the late 80s, Hard Ticket to Hawaii, directed by the one and only indispensable and sadly deceased Andy Sedaris. Uh, joining me today are um, Desiree. Hi. And David. Hello. <laughs> and we will... Um, uh, I might cut this out later. Did I pronounce your name correctly? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, you did perfect. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had... Um, I, I, the only criticism I've gotten on my other uh, online stuff is that I'm horrible at pronouncing names. Oh. Um, like, for some reason, I got, like, a, I got, like, a, a flash of terror that I, that I mispronounced, um... <laughs> Desiree and Ann David as well. Uh, <laughs> That's ridiculous, but thank you for asking. <laughs> no problem. Um, so, yeah, with um, this is actually a very special episode to me, and it kind of uh, vindicates my decision to to let the guests pick the movie. Because I have actually never seen an Andy Sedaris movie before. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And I consider myself like a connoisseur of B-movies. Wow. Um, more horror slasher than, sure. than um, action. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, Andy Sedaris, was, um, I, I, was, I was an Andy Sedaris virgin, and, and, uh, and I got my... <laughs> um, Got my cherry pop, but good. Uh, <laughs> so, so, um, so I had to do some research on him, and unfortunately, I couldn't find all that much. At least, nothing that was really worth bringing up. Um, but <laughs> I was very, uh, like, uh, from Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Most of the actors, their careers petered out by the. Uh, mid nineties or so, mm -hmm. unfortunately, or they were just um, uh, Sedaris regulars and didn't do much beyond that. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, the film was actually filmed in Molokai, a hundred percent, which actually kind of surprised me given the type of movies I usually watch. But <laughs> but I think it becomes pretty clear that this is actually Hawaii pretty, yeah. pretty early on in. And the uh, head actor, Rowdy Abilene, head actor, I mean the star, uh, Ron Moss, he went on to have a lucrative run as Ridge Forrester on The Bold and the Beautiful, oh. uh, probably making him the most successful actor yeah. from this film. Yeah. yeah, I knew he looked familiar. And we've talked about soaps before. And yeah. Um, yeah, I knew he looked super familiar, but yeah, I could totally see him fitting in with a CBS. I'll say a CBS soap. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> right, because yeah, ABC and NBC mm -hmm. uh, soaps have uh, 
let's say, pornier. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not that not that he was bad looking. No. It's just that he had more of a like uh, black and white model look, yes. and less of a six pack. Mm. Yeah. Pants um, model. Uh, um, so, so I was just curious, like, uh, why you two wanted to do to do this movie? I mean, I mean, I had fun watching it as we'll as we'll talk about, but I'm just uh, curious why um, you not only picked an Andy Sedaris movie, but this particular one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I also just recently discovered his oeuvre, and <laughs> <laughs> um through a friend on Facebook who bought the, you know, DVD set that has like every movie he ever made compressed onto like three discs. And, um, so he was going through and watching them and rating them. And I was, you know, didn't really know, you know, like I would just see these, um, posts on Facebook from this guy and and just be like, okay. But then he was posting about this movie and he was raving about it. And uh, I think he shared the scene. It's on YouTube, you know, like the, the whole the whole scene with the rocket launcher and the, and the blow up sex doll and everything, you know. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I need to see this movie. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I went on Amazon and, you know, I mean, the, the entire uh, collection is like seven bucks. Mm-hmm. So I just got wow. it. And um, yeah. And yeah, so that's how I discovered it. And I, and, and you had uh, messaged me, Chad, and said like, hey, uh, if you can think of any movie you want to do. And I was like, this is it. So <laughs> that's how that happened. Yeah, I think that's a piece of it. And also, um, I think it's also, at least in talking about these types of movies, I think it's important to focus on like why we enjoy them. Mm. Like Mm. that there's something great about it and it's not something you don't have to be snarky about it or just like sarcastic Mm. about it. It's like, there's some genuinely like amazing moments in this movie that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. make it worth liking and enjoying. There's some really super awkward things too that make it very uncomfortable to watch as well. But there's also like a lot of interesting, weird little subversive things. So Mm. Um, I genuinely enjoy this movie. It's mm-hmm. it is like I said, it's a love hate movie. Yeah, yeah. And at the same time, like like who would ever make something like who's making movies exactly. like this now? Exactly. Like who's making yeah. movies like this now? Yeah. Um, and so I think picking it on my part is mm-hmm. just it's just I would say it's the best example of his yeah. work. Yes, of Andy Sedaris's work. We watched another one and then it's pretty and that's pretty good but it's also kind of ridiculous yeah yeah and then and then my understanding is that it just the quality just kind of deteriorates a little but there's a couple that i'm intrigued by yeah we'll we'll work our way through the set eventually but this is to me the the like prime example of like it is a movie that and 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 internet research has confirmed that that seems to be the 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 consensus consensus also i would just say that uh my favorite genre of b-movie is definitely like the 80s B action movie, mm-hmm. you know, with the okay. gratuitous martial arts and and you know, yeah, um, just yeah, like wanna be blockbuster action movies that don't have the budget for it, so they have to kind of work around it, yeah, you know, which is entertaining. It is, and for me, I also like the kind of like soap opera elements and the borderline like the the scenes between the sex in porn mm. like those are the things that I really enjoy to watch like the wooden acting and the line readings and right in front of my sound 
Yeah, exactly. Those are the moments I like where I'm just like, why is this happening? Like, what, what is going on? And, um, and like, what, how are they really like, I'm just always intrigued by that level of acting. And I'm not equating soaps, soaps with porn, but there's a certain level of like, get it, get the scene done. Boom, it's done. And with this, I think there's plenty of weird, random stuff like that. So I like that piece of it too. Also, the action's hilarious. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I, I mean, I always, I always say that, say like, the, the reason, reason and, and, and one of the reasons, reasons I, I, I uh, started, started doing, doing this show is, like, like um, I think the reason people, people enjoy B-movies movies isn't, well, well I, I say isn't, isn't just uh, pointing out plot holes and yeah. continuity errors and stuff, stuff like that, that. that. Um, although that's although certainly that's part, part of it, if you listen to, um, me and, me and Lisa, Lisa talk about Halloween Six <laughs> last episode. Um, especially Michael Myers string, managing to string up a corpse in the middle of a busy fairground. Awesome. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. Oh, you haven't seen it. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. You need to listen to her. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like Definitely. <laughs> um. But um. But also, also, it's, it's just, just like, like uh, it's it's like what you said. Um, the these movies have a certain randomness, even when they're imitating a well-established, um, uh, even when they're imitating a well-established um, Hollywood formula, or yeah. imitating a even a specific famous movie. There's like Things you wouldn't get from mm-hmm. a famous from um, a Hollywood production or, or most Hollywood productions, like a randomness of wild creativity um, that may be that may be a misfire in some way, but is still unexpected and 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 then therefore more entertaining than what you might get. Um, I mean, especially nowadays when uh, you know Hollywood doesn't want to take risks anymore and basically uh, middle budget films have have essentially died out Mm -hmm. even indie movies have their own um, formulas that they that they adhere to to pretty pretty strictly so absolutely so um so i think there's there's definitely something to that and um oh yeah and as far as research like the one thing um, I meant to bring up was I honestly tried really hard to find out where Sedaris was getting his funding. <laughs> right. I, I I honestly don't think it's as big a deal now as it as it was then because you could I guess make profits from doing these types of movies in the not in the eighties uh, and nineties still. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was actually in the aughts that his career died out and. Um, and I did find out though that he did have the funding to make one more movie in the aughts. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like uh, called Battlefield or Battleground Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh wow! Wow. Yeah, I I've got to write it down so I can't remember what, what which title it was. But um, they uh, but for some reason I think probably because of his ailing health because mm-hmm. uh, he had cancer I think uh, it never got made. Um, but uh, uh, but yeah, I was curious, um, and I don't know if you know this. If his wife was, uh, his wife was the producer 
um, mm-hmm. in, a, in a lot of his movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and here I am talking about keeping good notes. And <laughs> yeah, like his wife definitely was a producer in like all I think almost all of his films, yeah. if not if not all of them. Yeah. And she was like, I feel like a major driving force in, you know, getting them done, like definite producer. Um, So I think that's fascinating, too, Mm -hmm. is that this was like a joint venture with them. Yeah. And something Um, they were expressing their creativity and getting, you know, bankrolling trips to these, you know, to to locations that they wanted to spend time in. Yeah. Yeah, But also just to tell these like tales that. On the face of it, it's like, what is this? This is like a couple steps just like above a Mad Magazine, like, you know, comic <laughs> in terms of the humor. But like, yeah. it was just, it's just fascinating that they would both be like in on it. Yeah. I think yeah. that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Oh, her name is Arlene. Arlene, yes. Arlene, yeah. yes. Yeah. Or, or uh, also the movie reminded me of those, um, you know, during the heyday of Blockbuster, you could rent movies that were porn parodies but with all the sex scenes cut out and then <laughs> or rated yeah. um, his movies reminded me a lot of those yeah yeah <laughs> definitely or i was saying to desiree uh when we were rewatching it today like it reminds me of the kind of thing you'd find on basic cable at like 11 p.m at night you know like just flipping channels mm-hmm. and it's like whoa boobs yeah, yeah exactly because <laughs> like, honestly like um I mean, his his movies are definitely pornier than uh, mm-hmm. than a lot of films at the time. But um, honestly, like the production values aren't that bad. I yeah. mean, the special no. some of the special effects are bad, and, yeah. and <laughs> like uh, we'll get into it. Yeah, but like, yeah. <laughs> the, the actual writing of the film is uh, <laughs> yeah definitely not up to code, but. <laughs> But, like, you could tell that there's, like, a, a certain degree of, of professional standards that went into, like, the camera work, yeah. um, the staging, uh, stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, there weren't really any continuity errors, at least none that I caught, or, yeah, or the sort of thing it. that mm-hmm. you would see in, a, <clears throat> in the type of movies that we usually think of when we, when we talk about B-movies. Mm-hmm. Right. So watching it was kind of a weird experience because it had like the same level of quality that you would get from maybe you know a a fairy um, a straight to video movie from there or even like a a, a lower budget studio movie mm-hmm. major studio movie yeah but you know it was mixed in with the exploitation and bizarre. <laughs> creative choices that I would associate with a much lower budget movie. So it was, yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, it had a cinematographer, you know, I mean, yeah, like yeah. it had, and if anything, it like, it reminds me of just like old episodes of like, you know, murder, she wrote, or, you know, just like where you know, like the value isn't bad, you know, you're like, okay, like yeah. I'm into it. I mean, I feel like we were, this is a weird, um, admission but we were looking into we've just been watching some uh things randomly for halloween and one of those apparently there was a remake of dark shadows in the early 90s mm-hmm. 
And I would say oh. the production values of that in the early 90s were not that far below this 1987 movie. Yeah. Like, they're yeah. not that above, like, or not, not as high. Mm. They're almost nothing on the same caliber in terms of the hair, makeup, film stock. About the same caliber. Almost yeah. the same. Yeah. Which is oh, weird wow. to think about. <laughs> and that's a yeah. television show. That was so. NBC. NBC. Primetime. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. I'm speaking of um, uh, the quality of the work. Um, another bit of research I meant to throw out at the beginning, but completely forgot. Um, like I said, it, this is this is all a super serious venture. Yes. Um, is that Andy Sedaris? Uh, I don't know if you know this, but he actually won an Emmy. Oh, oh I did not see that. No. Yeah, his um, his work filming the 1968 Summer Olympics. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's he was right. a sports uh, yeah. director. Yeah. 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 He started out as that, which makes me wonder if he ever met Hunter S. Thompson. I, I <laughs> yeah. did. They seem like the types that would hang out. I think so. I like to think they did. <laughs> or at least they're chatting now. <laughs> yes. Yep. And that's, that's an idea for a movie in of itself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good Lord, yes. <laughs> totally. <laughs> So, um, why don't you um, run through or try to run us through the plot of this, <laughs> sure. of this masterpiece? Well, there's a couple summaries, I think. Well, I'll, I'll freestyle it and you can correct me if I, yeah, but I, think giving the, I start wandering. I, give, I think giving people like an overview of like what it is. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. Oh. I'll freestyle the overview. Oh, you are? Yeah. See, I would rather just read it because... That feels a little safer to me. Well, but anyone can can look up a synopsis on. Oh, okay. Well, then why don't you let's, sum it up? Let's see what let's see what organic synopsis uh, uh, spews from my brain. Okay. Well, uh, what I thought was funny, really quick. Okay. Yes. Yeah. You go first, and then I'll oh, all mention right. something. Very good. So, um, like most, if not all, of the Andy Sedaris movies, this is essentially a um, sort of. Um, spy thriller except they're yeah. government agents they're not right. really spies no but it's in that kind of spy action thriller genre or mm-hmm. it wants to be yeah oh um, wait a, a plot element that actually confused me is um yes Taryn, one of the characters yes yeah Taryn. it's terribly confusing uh, yeah Taryn. yeah she uh wasn't she in witness protection yes, yes. And she ended yes. up being <laughs> so 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 basically we have uh two female leads um, who would be Donna and Taryn. Yeah. Donna works for the agency, which in later Andy Sedaris movies actually gets a name. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, your assumption is that it's DEA, but it's actually not. It's no. like, it's like a super secret government agency. Yeah. Um, and uh, anyway, so she works for the agency and she is <clears throat> kind of been assigned to be the caretaker of Taryn, who is in the witness protection program <laughs> Uh, and yet is simultaneously being tutored and trained to eventually join the agency. Apparently. Apparently. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because I, I love that idea that, you know, somebody goes into the witness protection <laughs> program and then they're like, you know, uh, drafted into the CIA and sent to, <laughs> sent to assassinate ISIS leaders. Or yeah, oh, right, exactly. right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it is that spy. Yeah, so that's Taryn and Donna. Mm-hmm. Donna, and then, yeah. Mm, oh, what? and then so Donna, and this, so this gets complicated slightly because apparently um, Donna is having a relationship with Rowdy. Yes. And 
And um, and then Rowdy. <laughs> Most of these plot points don't actually have much of a bearing no. on the actual. But it's only plot. complicated in the sense yeah. that that they have they can call upon Rowdy and his friend Jade mm-hmm. um, to <laughs> help assist with their with like their case or what the situation that's happening in Molokai. Yeah. And yeah. so while they are undercover agents, I mean, yeah, they are under they're drug enforcement agents. But they're also operating undercover because oh, they, no, they, they're they're um, yeah, they run a, a cargo service. Yes. So they're, I'm sorry. They're spy. There's the, I'm getting mixed up because I'm thinking about those poor drug enforcement agents. That, yes. Okay. Yes. Um, but we'll go back and say they're part of the agency. And I don't know if Rowdy and Jade are they're part of the agency too. Yes, they are. Yes. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the, okay. Yeah. And... But they're not working undercover. Um, they are not working undercover. Right. Whereas Adana and Taryn are as cargo pilots. Cargo pilots uh-huh, who, who to, fly cargo island hoppers between and, islands. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So they drop things off at the, the you know along the different islands, mm-hmm. and so yeah, it's called Molokai Cargo. Yes. So that's the basic setup, and essentially it's just you know it's your it's your standard eighties fare. Uh, although it's very poorly laid out. Oh, yeah. But there's something yeah. something having to do with a marijuana farm on Molokai that had been like kind of a family operation, mm-hmm. but has been presumably, this is never explicitly stated. It's never stated, stated yeah. But the presumably has been co-opted and taken over by the mysterious Mr. Chang, who is played by, uh, oh, you know, an Anglo... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, actor, but there's, but little, it's, but, uh, there's some clumsy exposition at that the ex- very end, like the last five minutes of the movie. He's supposedly half Chinese, All right. But he doesn't, he doesn't even look half Chinese. No, no I don't know. What's uh, oh, just uh, like uh, M. Bison from um, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. the Legend of Chun Li. Yeah, <laughs> I like to think that Mr. Chang and M. Bison exist in the same continuity uh, and are and are rivals, right? So Mr. Chang uh, basically has has taken over this this uh, pot farm. With the help of a local drug lord. With the help of a local drug lord named Seth Seth Rodriguez. No, Seth Or Seth Romero, Romero. excuse me. Excuse me. Um, And and so Seth takes these payments in diamonds for all the the marijuana. Which must be a lot of marijuana. That's a hell of a lot of marijuana. Because that the the payment of, of diamonds that we see is something like it's two boxes it's with like with massive I don't know, gems. Like a dozen diamonds in each box. At least. And like big. And big gems. Big, big gems. Which in one of my Multiple favorite carrots. bits, in one of my favorite bits of the movie, well. are delivered by a self-piloting uh, RC uh, <laughs> helicopter, so, which is amazing, yeah. amazing technology for the great. time. That's yeah. great. Uh, it, is it <laughs> weird that I actually found that to be pretty clever, like smuggling stuff using? Oh, I thought that was great. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yeah. Um, and so the trouble starts when these local DEA agents, who are you know locals, like, they're locals and uh-huh. they're and they're corrupt. I mean, that's that's another thing I'll yeah. say for the movie is that it seems to actually have an understanding of like, I mean, I have a friend who has lived off and on in Hawaii and he's told me a lot about it. Mm-hmm. And it has a very kind of like unique culture mm-hmm. in and of itself. And and part of it, I think I could totally see that yeah. happening. These no. DEA agents who are just like, we come around once a year, they pay us a little fine and we let them keep growing their stuff here because it helps the local economy. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. all the money just goes back in the local economy. Which is good. So who cares? Yeah. Right? And, and in my sense, I'm like, yeah, cool, bro. Do right. it. Like, But these but these are the new merciless drug lords. So, yeah. So because Seth, Seth Romero, yes. um, decided to take this, or Mr. Chang is directing it, to mm-hmm. take over this family farm, then those drug enforcement agents get 
um, basically killed by yeah. this new brutally murdered. Bru- they are brutally murdered. That was brutal. Yeah, yeah. it's brutal. Yeah. And um, and so yeah, so basically, unfortunately, Donna and Taryn have the misfortune of mm-hmm. being on the island and essentially almost witnessing. Right? They're they like, they accidentally stumble across the the diamond delivery. Yeah, and uh, and then Rowdy and Jade are called to the island because of the murder of the agents. Oh, right. Or, or they're they're aware of the murder of the agents yeah. and they're aware that something's going on there. Right. There's again, it's, it's very, really not it's, well put <laughs> laid out. But there's something having to do with like how Rowdy doesn't want Donna to go to Molokai. Yeah, and then because he somehow knows there's well, something else going on. Yeah, so I'm like, then, is he connected to Mr. Chang? Like, I think he's a double agent. I think we're gonna have to watch uh, Picasso Trigger, which is the follow-up to Hard Ticket to Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is a great title, though. Isn't uh, it? So it's so Picasso cool. All his titles are amazing. Yeah. Yeah, although um, Hard Ticket to Hawaii doesn't make sense as a title. No, it really <laughs> doesn't. No, no. It really doesn't. Um. <laughs> He liked oh, the movie oh hard don't forget Chekhov's snake. Hard hunted. Oh, wait. So. What did, Chad, what did you say? Yeah. Oh, don't forget Chekhov's snake. Yes. Che- and then, and then, so then, okay. yeah. there's this whole other element where there is a, a snake that's been infected with some kind of nameless uh, well, toxin. It's, it's toxic and they're cancer infested rats. Right. It was, it was somehow, yeah. it was somehow contaminated, quote unquote, by cancer infested rats. Yeah. Can, uh, toxins from cancer infested rats. Yes, which which has somehow made, made it snake evil, super evil, and, have and super a pers- toxic, and have a personality. Yeah, it's like actually actively uh, evil. It so. has like it definitely has a mustache. It twi- no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. But <laughs> I mean, it's 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 all but twirling a mustache yes. when it's like doing these things to just make everybody's lives miserable. Yes, and so like like you were saying, Donna and Taryn do this cargo service, so they were transporting some newlyweds to mm-hmm. the island to be mm-hmm. have an isolated little honeymoon. Yep, they were gonna drop off a snake, At which a was actually for a wildlife preserve. preserve. But there were two snakes being delivered on the same day. They got mixed up because yep. of some jabronis in the warehouse. Yep. And then you have like basically, yeah. And then they encounter these diamonds that are being delivered um, all yes. at the same time. Yes. It's very, it's a very dramatic lifestyle. Yes. Which uh, I just want to, you know, take a moment to recognize that when they do encounter the diamond delivery uh, I one of them is carrying a pair of nunchucks, and then the other one has some throwing stars tucked in her socks. So that's the kind of they're prepared <laughs> gratuitous martial arts action I signed up for. Yeah, Taryn's all about the nunchucks. Yes, indeed. Um, so basically, that sets everything in motion, and then it's uh, just again your classic case of you know uh, the drug syndicate hitting back hard. Right. They find out that the diamonds have been removed. So Donna and Taryn take the diamonds mm-hmm. from the island. Yep. And they have to go think and talk and analyze these diamonds while being half nude in a jacuzzi. Well, that's because where Donna does her best thinking. Right. So, <laughs> yes. So, so he, he's not diamonds. exaggerating. No, no, no we're not. <laughs> and, and also pour the diamonds out into the palms of their hands over, over jacuzzi. water. Moving yeah, jacuzzi like, water. Really, uh, great idea. <laughs> um, so, but they have to go and they're wondering, they're wondering about the diamonds. Yes. They're curious what's happening. Yes. The murders have taken place. Yes. Jade and uh, Rowdy yeah. are coming to the island. Yeah. And they all meet at this hub called Edie's. Right. Which is spelled in a very strange way. Yes. Uh, it's E-D-Y. Right. And so E-D is kind of like a local, like, it's like almost like a hotel, bed and breakfast, kind yeah. of like restaurant yeah. space. She's like, on um, Molokai. 
Yeah, she it's it's very kind of like old like noir or mm-hmm. like you know like you you have the there's a bar the nightclub with the with yeah. the the lady uh, owner slash hostess who yes. everyone knows yeah. and you know loves and loves and she she can give as good as she gets right. in terms of like repartee and mm-hmm. flirting and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But that's another thing is this movie is absolutely soaked in like eighties rape culture. Yeah, there are so many yeah. like uncomfortable yeah uh, incidences of like sexual like just outright sexual harassment, yeah. including the the biggest one, which is. Uh, Andy Sedaris himself has a cameo mm-hmm. as a director mm-hmm. and and he's meeting with a woman who really doesn't have much else to do in the movie. I don't know if no, she's there. No, she's just there. But anyway, she, she she says, you tried to rape me last night. He's like, that was last night, baby. Today's today's different, you know? And yeah. it's just, I mean, it's... Yeah. it's it, that whole scene is borderline John Waters, actually, it is. especially it really in the is. way that Andy Sedaris delivers his lines. Yes, you know, it's very yeah. kind of staccato, yeah. monotone yes. delivery. Yeah, so. yeah. Which well, is in that character's defense, she, she, I think she actually says, "You practically raped yeah, me practically, last night." Yeah, <laughs> practically. Yeah, it was me. the practical, yes. practically part of that yes. that made it brilliant. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and so, uh, so then another brilliant aspect of the movie. Mm-hmm. Is well, that because Edie's kind of like working with the agency. Edie's working with the agency. So she's an informant. informant. Yeah. yeah. So she informs on like the things that are going on. Mm-hmm. But But there's a there's a mole, there's a plant inside of Edie's who works for Seth. Uh-huh. Who is uh, Michelle, yes. who works behind the bar. Yes. And gorgeous. Gorgeous, this gorgeous woman. But the first time we watched the movie, we're like, like what's going on with her? She's there's something about her. But we couldn't put our fingers yeah. on it. She's stunning. But and we're then like, it, hmm. And then we we find out, you know, in act two, uh, that Michelle is actually Michael. And and as a drag queen working this <laughs> working this bar, yes. and yeah, I didn't see it, it coming either. I, yeah, honestly, I know. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> it, was it was great. No, yeah. I I think for me, like another reason I love this movie is because of Michelle, and I think that what's interesting to me about his movies in general is that it's this weird like, I, it's like how do I describe this. It's like this strange, like heterosexual, like um, not. It's not a utopia. It's like this is the, this is what heterosexuals do, like written in crayon, you know. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like kind of strange to like be like like women like take their tops off in front of each other constantly and shower in front of mm-hmm, each other, mm-hmm. and women just you know before you have to go pick up your friends at the airport you're just going to change into another outfit in a very provocative way yeah feeling yourself up feeling you yourself up tossing your hair while you're doing it um it's just a really Taylor, strange Taylor. filter yeah it's a f- weird filter so having michelle uh, and- in there makes it totally queer and fascinating cuz yeah, she's performing this feminine enough. i mean she's so feminine like mm-hmm. She is, yeah, and, and Taryn, um, uh, 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 what, doesn't she get the line, uh, sorry, I thought I, I had it in front of me, the line, oh, um, of I think I remember I'm the soft, line. I'm a woman. Yes, yes. <laughs> of course I'm soft. Yes, yes, there's that, and then there's also this strange um, thing when Michelle realizes that there's some, like, there's some thing that she has to leave the bar and go um out into the world as michael and so she goes into like the women's changing room or bat restroom or whatever and this other woman comes up to her and just starts talking to her about like keeping her body in shape and mm. it's so strange keeping her tits firm firm or whatever it's so <laughs> weird and and so watching like michelle like watching her like just engage with this and like casually smoking the cigarette and like listening it's just it's so brilliant and then, well, in fact, like, like the the actor is definitely playing it like, ah, oh, quit, like, you know, stop, 
quit quit flashing your boobs in my face, basically. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't like, want to look at that. Like, I get like, it. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. So there's a lot of presumptions about this character. Yes. Um, but yeah, but then she changes out of drag in like five minutes, which is amazing. Also impressive. So yeah. impressive. He drags in five minutes. In five minutes. And is like out with like glasses and like, I'm Michael. And I'm like, yeah. I'm going to like, I'm working with this drug lord. Like, I right. love it. So then they, they kidnap Edie. Yeah. And because um, because, oh, basically they've attempted to find out they're trying to find out where the diamonds are, essentially. Yeah. And they've attempted to find that out by uh, breaking into Taryn and Donna's house. Yeah. And, the drugs like Seth's group. Yeah. And and uh, and that doesn't work. Um, well, it kind of works because they get one box of diamonds, but they're still looking for this other box. Mm-hmm. And um, and so. Uh, and then, oh, that's another great little moment is that Seth gets shot in the face. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, and so he spends the rest of the, the movie with this giant plaster on his face, yeah, which is that's good. hilarious. But yeah. um, anyway, so they're still looking for this other box of diamonds. They're convinced for some reason that Edie has it. Yeah. And so they kidnap her. That leads to a really bizarre uh, scene, which I wish there'd been more of, where Edie gets tortured by this, like, super butch uh, female bodybuilder <laughs> with nunchucks, also with nunchucks. Yeah. Uh, she gets like all the screen time, but then like doesn't really go anywhere. Unfortunately, no, I know you were wondering about her. Yeah, no, I want more about her. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she, she even gets her own uh, posing scene where she just yes. like, like stares yes. and intimidating. It's a weird montage. Camera. Yes, yes. Yeah. She's making love to the camera. It's so weird, but amazing. Yes, and um, and so anyway, this all culminates on a uh, rescue mission mm-hmm. to For the Edie. to Seth uh, Seth's compound. Mm-hmm. They get Edie. They kill everybody except for Seth. So, yeah. So, like, Donna, Taryn, Jade, and um, Rowdy, Rowdy mm-hmm. all, like, are, like, they are armed to the teeth. Yes. They are going in. Which. But the, but there's a couple things, like, I think with Rowdy and Jade that we have to talk about. Well. Like, that their encounters on the island absolutely. with the drug lord and, and, and his group. Yeah. But, we'll, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll circle yeah. back around yeah. that. Because Rowdy and Jade have showed up by this time and uh-huh. they're, and they're assisting. But, yeah, just really, really briefly, uh, we've been introduced to their favorite piece of armament, which is a 4-tube rocket launcher that <laughs> yeah. they use for pretty much everything. Uh, so. And it has varying uh, degrees of strength. Yeah, it, um, it's, and, it's, yeah. it's capable of, of, of simply blowing somebody through a, a screen door or blowing up a you know, helicopter. Or blowing the head off of a snake. Or, or just simply blowing the head off a snake but leaving the rest of the snake body intact. intact. Yeah. Um, anyway, so there's a there's your your, your classic you know uh, raid on the enemy compound uh, sequence, um, mm-hmm. uh, including you know a totally tacked on martial arts fight that didn't need to happen. No, um, and then and oh, then, and death frisbee. Yes, <laughs> the and frisbee. There's the frisbee. Oh yeah, there's a right. death frisbee. So um, uh, yeah, and so then we have what's really kind of a bizarrely anticlimactic finale confrontation <laughs> of Mr. Chang. Where um, <laughs> Rowdy and Donna just kind of show up at his office, beat the crap out of his bodyguard with like very little resistance, <laughs> and, and then and then shoot Mr. Chang, you know, with this gigantic, uh, you know, three fifty seven Magnum that literally blows him out the window, and and you know, <laughs> and he drops to like thirty five stories, yeah. like to his death, and it, while everyone else is like down on the street, like parked in a red zone, like witnessing it and just going like, oh, I hope everyone else is okay, yeah, and then and then you know. Uh, epilogue on the yacht Malibu uh, Express which is named the Malibu Express after Andy Sedaris's first movie Malibu Express which also exists in the canon of this movie yes it's very strange yeah very oh and the movie poster too. and the movie yes. poster yeah very metatextual yeah, yeah. so um, 
Anyway, that's the basic plot. But yeah, we can definitely talk end, about the rocket launcher, the yeah. frisbee, everything else. Well, but. they end on the Malibu Express basically with the 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 situation where Taryn isn't officially an agent, so mm. she doesn't have to turn the diamonds that she has been hiding. The other box of diamonds. So yeah. she's gonna keep it and basically like get rich off of these diamonds and like share the wealth. Share the wealth with her quote unquote friends. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, she gets to keep the diamonds for, for some reason. <laughs> Which is so weird. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't sound right. But no, that is not legal. <laughs> it's like, well, I guess since we killed everyone, we don't. I mean, this is literally what they say. Yeah. Like, since we killed everyone, we don't need evidence. So, you know, to prosecute a crime because there's nobody left to prosecute, essentially. Like, everyone's yeah. dead. And they're all baddies anyway. Yeah, so. everyone is dead. So, um, <laughs> hey, great. Fun times. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, That's but this is. movie did have more endings than Lord of the Rings because you also have. Um, <laughs> You also right, have that scene that was totally not ripped off of the original Halloween, where uh, oh, is it Jade yes. or Taryn? Oh, or Donna or Taryn? I can't remember. I think it's Donna. Donna. Yeah, I mean that's around. the thing is Donna and Taryn uh, look like they came out of the same yeah. cloning machine. Right, they're eighties blondes <laughs> through uh-huh. and through. So. They are. They are. Especially when they get their hair wet, because you know when yeah. normally one has poofier hair than the other. That's how you can tell. Apart. Donna has the poofier. But hair. when when they get their hair wet, you really can't tell them apart. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and Donna. Donna has an amazing confrontation with the snake, actually. Yes, yes. But yeah, we'll talk about and that. Seth. And, and, and Seth. And Seth, here, right. Who goes and through Seth. several Michael Myers esque deaths only to um, step back up. But yeah, Seth has a really, really bad day. And that's why he I calls it Chekhov Snake, because the snake <laughs> just pops up when he's trying to kill Donna and, like,. Um, <laughs> And like finishes him off after Donna practically killed him twice already, and it's kind of brilliant. <laughs> it and is of course, great. Oh, and Rowdy uh, banging through the um, door on a motorcycle, and yes. like even though he couldn't have known if no. anybody was standing. Yeah, there, no. so he could have <laughs> at, totally accidentally <laughs> killed Donna. <laughs> yeah, or, or even that Donna was in danger. I yeah, mean, there was no way for yeah. him to know yeah, that. Exactly. No. You know? No, there wasn't. And <laughs> unless the implication is somehow he tracked Seth to that house by like I don't know by scent or by following his tracks, or they something. just seemed to intuitively know that Seth was going to go to like Donna and Taryn's house. Yes. But the thing about that whole confrontation and Donna, you know, just basically mutilating Seth, like. And, like, really, like, trying to kill him on multiple levels. Like, I don't know. I just found that really fascinating. And, like, because, like, she just kept going. And she just was so, like, I don't know. Like, and then Donna also, in terms of her performance, like, she was just, like, full of all this rage and, like, screaming. And, like, I just found that really great. And um, I just think the fact that she was not only counteracting this drug lord or, like, attacking this drug lord, but then also attacking the snake. Like, I don't know. She's just such a badass. And I had to admire that on some level. Yeah, I mean, I think the the Halloween. I mean, I'm I'm going to call it an homage because they had to know that what they were yeah. doing with that. But the Halloween homage was part of the larger bit of that, which was definitely riffing on that whole final girl thing, where yes. you know she's soaked and bloody and exhausted, and then she's she's like, oh, oh god, it's finally over, and then of course something else happens, which you know culminates with these her trying to uh, her uh, toweling herself off with toilet paper. <laughs> As she sits next to the toilet in her bathroom and then throwing the paper into the toilet and then hitting the flush 
and hitting the flesh activates the snake who ex- literally explodes the toilet um, <laughs> you know amidst like this uh, mysterious background glow I don't know where the light's well, coming from well I think from. it's because yeah. the snake is so toxic it's just oh, it's, it's radioactive, glowing, it's, radioactive. Mm. it's that toxic of a snake but we also thought that with Seth's like the way Seth was like completely just um, attacked like it was a little m- bit much for like a local drug lord. Yeah, I said, like, I said he to Desiree. Yeah, I said to Desiree like he really hasn't earned this uh, this this drawn out death scene because like we haven't really seen him be that horrible. I mean, like yeah, he ordered the torture of somebody, but yeah. it wasn't even like the torture was just like kind of beating her with nunchucks. Like I mean, she wasn't. They yeah. didn't like pull her fingernails out or no, anything no, um no. he didn't really you know personally do anything egregious he had his henchmen do some bad stuff but that was about it but he has this like super drawn out death i mean he gets stabbed he gets impaled uh-huh. he gets bitten by a, a toxic snake and dies this horrible painful death uh-huh. you know punched in the face a bunch of times yeah but then again he just he showed up to kill donna with just like a switchblade so <laughs> like what you run out of guns like yeah. really strange <laughs> Yes, that pretty much sums up, I think. Yeah. Most of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a lot. There's a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah, because there's also like the out of nowhere scene where the snake kills a photographer and a model that the protagonist. The newlyweds. Yeah, those are the newlyweds. Oh, those are the newlyweds. Oh my God. Wow. Wow, this movie's plot was like a David Lynch movie. I have to piece it together. Rewatch it to piece it together. You yeah, do. you yeah. really okay. do. It makes more sense the second time, and it like did, they're did. they're newlyweds who want to. They kind of are alluding to the fact that they're possibly nudists. Uh, like we really uh, like the natural fit, like being yeah. in nature. We want to be alone. We want to be alone. We don't want anyone around. Yeah. So it's like they're kind of like these nudists who want to take like you know. Uh, just horny pictures of each other, like. For their <laughs> and yet, honey. ironically, ironically, that woman is one of the only ones in the movie who doesn't take her top off. Well, it was in her contract. Probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, probably definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, he's taking photos of her with a Polaroid, which is like <laughs> even more strange. Yeah. And then, and then we we come like so they do get attacked by the snake, as you said, Chad, and then like. What's funny is that when Donna and Taryn discover the newlyweds have been mauled by the snake and like completely uh, and killed, dissolved, dissolved they're by like puddles their of puddle, yeah, yeah, that they find the Polaroid camera and it goes off and they pull out a photo and it's of the snake. The snake it's is as it's striking at the it's guy, striking at the camera. And it's like totally posing, like sup, like. Yeah. Like selfie level, uh, plus the uh, the level very self aware snake and the level of overacting from the two actresses <laughs> when they discover the bodies was amazing. They're like screaming, and Desiree's like, you know, at least one of these people is a trained agent, like who deals with dead people all the time. Like, <laughs> need to calm down. Why is she freaking out? Yeah, so they're much? pretty upset about that. So yeah, there's that whole piece, and then there's Shades, who is like the kind yes. of like. Can we talk about Shades? We can talk about Shades if you want to. Yeah, he's the oh, uh, he's. He's the Brett Kavanaugh of the yeah, film. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> Wait, is he the guy who plays Frisbee? Yes. yes. He's wearing okay. those mirror shades, those aviators. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love the setup with him. Was like he because he's the guy who pulls the trigger on the cops while they're hanging helplessly. Yes. In the rope trap. Totally. Totally. Yeah, but but at the same time, he he he's like struck up a friendship with like a local Hawaiian and plays Frisbee with her. <laughs> While, while wearing his Uzi uh, slung over his shoulder, you know, <laughs> like you do. Like you do. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. Yeah, he he develops this rapport with this this young woman who comes onto the beach and like plays frisbee with him and yeah. 
he's like so into it and then he like really gets into it like you know he's into it when he takes his uzi off like okay wait a second i gotta yeah. take this off this so business. i can really throw this frisbee yeah and then um rowdy takes advantage of this relationship um with the girl and the and shades and they're like regular routine of playing frisbee in the afternoon and like hey man i want to throw frisbee with you and then he no, has, no, it's I want to throw with you because yeah. like, it's serious business, right? I want to throw with you. Throw. Let's see how you throw. I just think they couldn't say Frisbee. Like, you think so? Because I, I think it was, it was like, I think that was just like um, 80s Frisbee culture, maybe was just saying throw. Really? Yeah, that, that was my guess. It had that feel about it. You know, what do you think, Chad? Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm actually curious now. Let me. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I have to look this up because I'm such a research nerd. (laughs) I mean, I played Frisbee a lot. Like, I mean, I was, I mean, we played Frisbee a lot with like my uncles and stuff. So Mm -hmm. like, we never said throw, like, let's throw. Right. Like, it was never any of that stuff. It had the feel to me of like, uh, maybe not Andy Sedaris himself, but somebody had some input on the script and was like, oh, no, no, it, you call it throwing. That's that's what you call it. Or like he knew somebody who was like really into Frisbee and like, that's what they said. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, yeah, Rowdy court. shows up with, like, a, a, an a official, black. like, Frisbee brand, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. a, a, a carrying case. Yeah. With, like, compartments for, for multiple Frisbees. <laughs> like, I mean, it's like he's trying to look like a hobbyist. And do you want to talk about the banana sling since we're talking about oh my God. Rowdy oh, showing yeah. up on the beach? Yeah. When he was running through the... I'm like, he didn't have a downspelt belt, jock strap, nothing. He was just, like, free balling it, wearing <laughs> this banana sling, like just running across, like running with the girl. And the run- I was like, what the hell? Like, this is awesome. Like, I love this. This is amazing. Yeah, after all those tits. I know. It's to- just like, oh, my God. All right. It's cool. Yeah. But yeah, so he goes up to um, basically get rid of like, I mean, Shades is like the main guard. He's yeah. pretty deadly. He's deadly. He's yeah. deadly. We know this. Um, and I just want to uh, point out yeah. him being called Shades is canonical to the movie. There's a yeah. there's a quick line that I think I did miss the first time. Yeah, around. me too. But like one of one of the agents says, his name is Shades. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so good. Like that's his given name. That's, you know, that's on his birth certificate. You know, not not he's called Shades or they yeah, call him Shades, but, but his that, name is Shades. Yeah, which is hilarious. Yeah. Also, like, how did they find that out? Like, I they pulled a dossier on him. They or probably did. Yeah. But yeah, so then Rowdy pulls out this crazy frisbee, and it has all these razor blades around it, and so basically, you know, which he's custom made the night before. He has. Yeah. He's really proud of it. Yeah. I can tell. Mm-hmm. And so he throws it at Shades, and Shades tries to catch it, and he cuts his hands and his throat, and it's just a mess. So yeah, that's the end of Shades. Oh, and then Rowdy uh, pumps his fist in victory. Yeah, Rowdy's really. <laughs> Yes, I did it. Like he accomplished his goal. I but think he was trying to get revenge for killing those DEA agents. Definitely. But the, the most hilarious thing to me about that scene is that, you know, Colleen is the woman who's there. <laughs> right. The and woman. and as Shades is like taking his Uzi off because he's, he's, you know, going to really show Rowdy what, what for with his throwing. Uh, he turns to Colleen and says, you better get out of here. And she looks at him and then he like pulls a gun out of his Frisbee, pat, uh, frisbee case <laughs> You know, just to be like, you know, come on, get, you know, and she runs. And then, of course, there's the great uh, thing where he calls out to her and says, hey, Colleen, you got a great ass. And then she goes, you too, cowboy. No, or something. Pilgrim. Pilgrim. There we go. Anyway, uh, but the, the funny thing about that is, like, he had a gun. Like, as soon as Shades put his Uzi down, <laughs> he could have just pulled his gun out and shot him. Like... <laughs> Like, why did he need the razor blade frisbee? Because he wanted to torture him. Because those DE agents, those guys, you know, those were some good guys. Mm -hmm. So he was basically avenging their their demise, I think. He could have avenged it with a gun. 
any yeah <laughs> but then we wouldn't have had the razor blade frisbee Hello. so but yeah but also well, maybe yeah oh i was just gonna say maybe they need to justify the research funding they get for um, <laughs> weapons <laughs> that's yeah. true yeah. that's true that's a good point Another bonkers, absolutely bonkers action sequence is the um, Jade and Rowdy are on the, they're in a Jeep. They're heading from the airport to meet with Donna and Taryn for the first time since they got Mm -hmm. onto Molokai. Mm -hmm. And and, before you go on with that, though, uh, let me throw in, you were right. Uh, Frisbee is trademarked and it's actually gone to the federal courts. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they could have, I want to throw a discus. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess they just had to say throw. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that was your educational moment, listeners. Thank you, Chad. Thank you. Yeah, it's we helpful. learned something new. Yeah, yeah. thanks. And that actually makes me feel better because I because it just sounds so goddamn pretentious to be like, let's see how you throw. <laughs> so I'm glad that people didn't actually talk like that in real life. Yeah. Oh, they probably do. Well, some of them did. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, bonkers, so bonkers action sequence. Probably the most well-known scene yes. amongst people who know this movie or know yeah. of this movie. Yes, is is Rowdy and and Jade driving to um, driving to uh, Edie's in 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 a Edie's uh, you know brand jeep. Yeah, like company <laughs> company jeep apparently, yeah. and uh, and and <laughs> so they're just driving down the highway, and there's a guy, and this is again one of those deals. Um, so weird. What is it? Uh, uh, Cabin Fever has the 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 martial arts kid who wants yeah. pancakes. Yeah, pancakes. and and the whole story with that is like he was just like hanging out on set, yeah. and and the director was like saw him like doing his like karate stuff, and he's like, I got to put this kid in the movie. <laughs> so he wrote that scene for you know just specifically to have this kid in it. Oh man. Um. So this is very similar where it's like you can tell they had someone who could like do some skateboard skateboarding, tricks. like you know do a handstand on a skateboard, and they're like, let's write that in. Yeah. That doesn't explain the sex doll, though. Right. But they see they see yeah. a guy doing a handstand going down the highway on a skateboard. Yeah. They they surmise that he quote unquote must have been smoking some heavy doobies. Uh, <laughs> which yeah. you know, I mean, in Hawaii, it's not no it's completely not out of the question. No. He and skates it fits past in with them. The theme. Yeah. yeah. He skates past them. He's one of the he's one of the goons. The flunkies. One of the flunkies who uh, who confronted Donna and Taryn over the diamonds initially. Mm-hmm. And got his got his ass kicked for it. Yeah. Uh, meets up with the other goon who got the throwing star in his shoulder. Yeah. And is obviously still hurting from it. Right. Um, right. They jump in their Subaru or whatever, and like it happens to have a blow up doll in it. That happens to have a blow up sex doll in it. Yeah. Take off after uh, Rowdy and Jade. Uh huh. No explanation given for why they were there, why no. this guy was... How they knew. Like, I, you know, I guess they've set up this ambush somehow. But, right. like, it's a really elaborate ambush to set up, especially with the guy's, you know, handstand skateboarding like mm-hmm. that. Take off yeah, after he, the... He, yeah. he rides by them for no reason, basically. Basically, yeah. yeah. It's like, was yeah. he patrolling the highway by doing handstands on his skateboard? We're, we're not really sure. We don't know. Uh, take off after the Jeep. Drive past it. Um, take a shot at the tire. This is the only real continuity error is they shoot the tire out and then like later, uh, you know, Rowdy and Jay just drive off and right. flat. Like the, the, the car is smoking and breaking down. Yeah. But the tire is not flat. Right. Uh, they shoot the tire. Uh, Jade is somehow hit by shrapnel, mm-hmm. quote unquote. Somehow. And, uh, <clears throat> and then, and then they, they stop the vehicle. Um, the, <laughs> Skateboard guy jumps back out of the Subaru, 
grabs the shotgun and his skateboard and also the sex doll. Right. Starts skateboarding back towards them with the shotgun concealed behind the sex doll as he's skateboarding. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I guess Rowdy, like, you know, guns guns the engine on the car mm-hmm. and runs the guy down, which then hurls him into the air. Mm-hmm. And then Jade has the rocket launcher. No, no, no. Rowdy, Rowdy has the rocket Oh, because Jade's Jade is driving. driving. It doesn't matter. Anyway, Ray, no, really Ra- matter. Rowdy grabs the rocket launcher, shoots the guy in midair. mid-air. He blows up. <laughs> Smithereens. And then turns the rocket launcher and shoots the sex doll, which is, you know. Also flying up in the air. Fluttering down. Yeah, because yeah. it was thrown up into the air as well. And blows and that blows up. And blows that up. And, and that's uh, pretty much it. And that's like, yeah, but it's 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 an amazing sequence. It is. It's one of the one of the most jaw dropping <laughs> sequences I've ever seen in a movie like that. Yeah, so it's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, especially because they play dramatic music up to the point where the sex doll gets blown up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, another piece of the movie that's very strange is um, the Jimmy John Jackson. Yes. A little sequence of him interviewing athletes, and it's this just random guy who's a sportscaster. He's like Terrence, kind of like uh, Uh, like, friend with benefits. Yeah, Yeah. apparently, and like he interviews these athletes, and it just seemed like this really strange little hodgepodge of like. Well, it was kind of a it was kind of a salute to Andy Sedaris's origins because Andy Mm -hmm. Sedaris is playing the director of the sports cast. Mm-hmm. And they're interviewing these athletes who are on the island for some event, mm-hmm. and uh, and there's there's a hilarious sequence which I shall not repeat. Yeah, no, but it's pretty funny. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's he's interviewing these these two football players, and uh, he asks them what 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 call they made, and yeah. uh, it's yeah hilarious know. and foul mouth. So, yeah, and it involves the n word. So I won't yeah, repeat it. but um, but it is funny. Yeah, it is funny. It's very funny. Yeah, and 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 you know he's like convinced he's gonna get fired, and you know. But Jimmy John just doesn't really. I mean, he's just like Taryn's little like fuck boy, basically. He is, and 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 which very, is kind of great. I love that. Yeah, like, yeah. He's just kind of like a little side piece that like we just see. Yeah, and then we're just like, oh, I guess that's Taryn's like yeah, kind of boyfriend. Extended guy. sequence where they're out on the beach oh, apparently so all night, but then the timing is really weird because it's like. Seems like it's dawn, but then it cuts to like a night scene with the snake, but then it cuts back to them in daylight on the beach, yeah, and then there's a reference to them being on the beach all night. Yeah. That whole bit with Jimmy John is so unnecessary. Yeah, it is. But it, I love it. Again, it feels like with the nunchuck woman, the torture woman, it mm-hmm. feels like a setup for some kind of later movie. Yeah. You know? Maybe. Because Jimmy John is present in the in the finale. He is. When they go to kill Mr. Chan. Again, he's like just Taryn's like accessory guy, yeah, like, which yeah. I think is cool. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I think that's pretty much it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's a complicated, strange mil- film, but it's yeah. fun. Yeah. And somehow yeah, yeah. only an hour and a half. Yeah, you I know? know. You know, it gets squished in. Yeah, it doesn't, um, yeah, I mean, the movie has some pacing issues, but it doesn't overstay its welcome. Right. No, much. not at all. Right. But yeah, yeah, there are just those, those moments of creativity, like not just the... Um, what the infamous uh, skateboarding and blow up doll scene, but also like <laughs> the um, intro credits, which yeah. uh, take place in the factory, and like there's boxes being moved around, and each one has a different uh, name on it, and yeah. um, I, and like I wasn't sure if I was like an homage or a ripoff of another famous credit sequence, or if that's original to the film, but it was yeah, I don't know. 
It seems it, pretty original, and it seemed also that it was kind of tacked on at the same time because yeah. there's then there's like the hard ticket to Hawaii like theme song that gets played yeah, while the flying while in. the ladies are you know you know doing their their cargo job, and so I'm like, there's two opening credit sequences <laughs> yeah. to this. They decided to just throw this warehouse one, which is very creative and fun, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but it's also like, huh. Like I yeah. thought I already sat through opening credits, but yeah. I, here I am again. Yeah, because the movie has its own theme song, and, and there's these, you know, all these shots of the flying over the it's islands beautiful. that you normally you would be playing credits over. And yeah. it's almost like they changed their mind at the last minute and yeah. filmed the, the warehouse scene. Yeah. 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 There's and, even and dialogue the in the credit sequence, too. Anyway, yeah. it's weird. <laughs> and the shots of Hawaii were fantastic. And I think, uh, yeah, because they, they say in the credits... Um, that they uh, that this hotel let them film around, mm. so I kind of wonder if it was like a um, a uh, oh no my my MST3K knowledge is fading me. But what's that movie with um, Joe Don Baker that was filmed in Malta? Oh no! I don't know. no. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah we, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, like the like uh, the government of Malta actually uh, funded the production, so I kind of wonder if they got some help from that hotel because they were like, yeah, let's uh, yeah, let's uh, let's promote our hotel with this porny action movie. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, and I think like the choice of Molokai too is really fascinating because it's not just for lepers anymore. No, apparently not. It's just like it's, but it's just like, huh, like out of all the islands, like yeah. that one. I mean, it's gorgeous. I mean, it's beautiful. Well, again, I think maybe the Molokai, yeah. you know, like city government, well, not like city government, it's but okay. you know, the council or whoever, yeah, county you know, or whatever. Yeah, I don't know how they arrange islands bad. on Hawaii, but anyway, <laughs> whoever the administrative people are in charge on Molokai were probably like, yeah, you can film here and yeah. it would be, you know, promotional because yeah. I know they do have that PR problem. Definitely. Oh, that's the leper island or whatever, still, you know, yeah. still to this day. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have no problems going. No, I just would be scared no. of like a, a snake that was I'd be scared of toxic, contaminated yeah, by contaminated cancer rats, yeah. apparently. <laughs> cancer rats. <laughs> Well, yeah, and that's what kind of made me compare Andy Sedaris to my own favorite filmmaker, Ken Russell. It's like this guy with really great <laughs> directing skills, but also with like these bizarre sexual perversions that just sort <laughs> yeah. of prevent him from ever yes. having any chance of enjoying mainstream success. Yes, yeah. <laughs> the fact that he's like a dirty old man who loves big tits and blondes, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. It's just, it's yeah, <laughs> like the dark, like Edie has like a strawberry blonde hair. No brunettes get a topless scene. No, it's much all to blondes. Chagrin, and, yeah, but yeah, but it's, it's all like it's all like eighties blondes and then one strawberry, and strawberry blonde. blonde yeah. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, it's just like it's like when that kind of when your interests just leech into like anything you do. I'm like, this must be a major focus of your life, which makes me curious what his wife looked like. She's blonde. She's blonde. She's blonde. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she, she had the full 80s hair too from, from the couple it. pictures I've Aww. seen. Yeah. yeah. Arlene, you're awesome. She still <laughs> runs the the website for all their movies and Aww. stuff too. So. I think that's sweet. I do too. Um, but yeah, that, that leads me into the question, which I have to ask because um, we have Desiree here. What, 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 what's your overall impression of the movie's gender politics? <laughs> Well, like you kind of touched on it earlier, but I'm <laughs> a little bit. But it was funny because when you were talking about Ron Moss, like right, that's his name um, mm-hmm. as the main mm-hmm. actor. But like for me, like Donna and um, so Donna Spear and Hope Marie Carlton play Donna and Taryn, and they have the most screen time. Like they have almost all the all the words. Yeah. I mean, all those all the 
the uh, spoken yeah. parts. Like, yeah. I mean, they're very much in it. Dialogue. Uh, dialogue. Jeez. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And, in in my defense, I just said that because I was looking right at the IMDb page and he's credited first. And my exactly. brain was like. Which is typical. Yeah. yeah it's it such is. a load. But um, <laughs> so there's that. And then like what I find fascinating, too, is that um, like the women, women are totally in charge in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I mean, Seth is his own little drug lord thing, but he has like, mm-hmm. I mean, Seth's like group is like, again, uh, in terms of like the gender politics and like sexuality, like Seth's group is super queer, like. I was mm-hmm. totally reading like Seth's like one of his like main younger boy henchman guy. I'm like, that's totally Seth's boyfriend. Like they're they're <laughs> boyfriends. That's what I've made it up in my mind. That baby face guy. That baby face guy, like yeah. totally. And then he has like this drag queen, like, you yeah. know, accomplice as well. And then like it's just like the super queer group, um, try like drug lords. But uh, but sort of incidental as well. Like it's it not is in incidental. The, it's not in the coded way of movies of that time where, oh, they're queer, so they must be punished. They must be evil. They just yeah. happen to all be like this ragtag group, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And then we have like this like super heteronormative, heterosexual, but like bordering on like kind of powerful women mm-hmm. um like women rule the world kind of thing that men are like oh well it's you know women like they kind of like you know we have to listen to what they say like they yeah. know what's best yeah. kind of thing because they're so beautiful and powerful and stuff like that right so i find that like because like donna and taryn but they're also very like like the way that they they go about their work i mean there's they're donna's very professional i think aside from the screaming at the the bloody bodies yeah. but but yeah. I think they're That's like the exception. It is. Yeah. But I think they're like actually like super strong and powerful. And I think that's that's kind of neat to see. And then Edie runs the whole like, you know, runs that hub there on Molokai. And like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just think it's a very female forward, you know, movie. Uh, despite all the topless despite scenes. Despite the topless scenes. But then, like, in that sense, it's kind of like Amazonian, you know, in a way where it's just like, this is incidental nudity. It's titillating. Haha, of course. Yeah. But at the same time, it's just kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, all right. I mean, it's, you could totally, like, see it a different way. But I guess just from my perspective is, like, kind of having a more sex positive view on it. Mm-hmm. They're sexually active. They're, that's totally fine. There are some women who, yes, get harassed. Mm-hmm. And, by men and they're like objects of course but they're also kind of powerful and they make decisions whereas Taryn like with like Jimmy John Jackson <laughs> the sportscaster guy that Taryn's met yeah. like she's like yeah that's my guy like picks him up and is like yeah let's go do this like I just feel like there's some autonomy there um and I, I I'm okay with that but there's definitely some like weird stuff that I'm like yeah it's the same old same old but there's enough that amuses me and they're I mean Donna's the one who blows up the helicopter. Yeah. Donna's the one who shoots Mr. Chang and like launches him out the window. Yes. Like. Oh, yeah. Because there's a whole running gag about how Rowdy can't hit anything except if he has his rocket launcher. Right. And so he and Donna have pulled guns on Mr. Chang. Mr. Chang throws a sword at them. Yeah. And Donna's the one who blows him away. And then Rowdy afterwards says, thanks. I I probably would have missed. Right. If You know. Yeah. So like, I mean, Donna is really like, I mean, she's a powerful agent. So I feel like. At least compared to other movies that I've seen in this, you know, like other Sedaris movies, it's like these women are really powerful. Like yeah. they really are. Yeah. And I'm cool with that. So that's that's my take <laughs> on it. But it's hard to kind of be like promote like kind of having like a more sex positive. I mean, that's even an antiquated term for it. Mm. A lot of people don't 
I'm, I'm finding that I've been just observing the way that sex being okay with sex in film and nudity in film. Like mm-hmm. I understand it. There's that's, I mean, obviously highly exploitive, exploitative, but like, I think that sex is something that just people are still so uncomfortable with that they can hide behind the fact of like, like slut shaming and different things where they're just viewing any, so anything that's sexual is like, it's bad. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not into that at all. Yeah. So I don't know. That's a long winded response to your question. I hope it addressed. Oh, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. That's, that's totally fine. It kind of goes along with, um, uh, what, what we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, cause, cause like that's the other thing that I found kind of jarring about the movie is like the, the tone, like you get stuff like the lines, like where, where, uh, Taryn says, um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm a woman, of course I'm soft, and like the whole yeah, right. scene, and like, but you know, it's mixed in with really assertive moments of female badassery that really yeah. wasn't common in other movies at the time. So it was like somehow both mm-hmm. below the standards of yes. other movies yes. and yes. above it at the same yeah. time, and it's mm-hmm. just like. It's just really interesting, and I, I just kind of wonder how much Arlene's influence yeah. shaped some of this, or if mm-hmm. um, Sedaris himself had some interesting ideas about gender that played out in these movies. So, yeah, I, I think I'd like to think that at least for this movie, uh, because Malibu Express is a whole different animal when it comes to like the way women are depicted. Like that's that I have more problems with. Yeah, yeah. But with this, that's, that's definitely more ex- exploitation. Yeah. Level. But this one, there's these really, like you said, these are moments where both are existing, right? So there's these mm-hmm. terrible moments, like you practically raped me and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and then there's also these just really great empowering moments where women are just totally autonomous and doing what they need to do to get the work job done, right? Mm-hmm. And and yeah. even like claiming the diamonds, like that. That's like sure. ownership. Like yeah. there's so much ownership where they're just like, I'm going to take this. I'm going to do this. Like, this is what I'm going to do. Like, haha. Yeah. Um, which is fascinating. And I think um, both exist. I mean, mm. because both exist in our world, mm. you know, mm. and I think that people just don't necessarily like to look at the sexual parts of that. And what, what does it mean for a woman to just have like a casual sexual relationship with like a sportscaster guy who's cute? Like mm. that's there's there's no shame to that. Mm-hmm. Whereas Malibu yeah. Express has more about shaming and good women and bad women. That's a whole other yeah. different yeah. element. There's like the good girl and the bad girl. Yeah. And yeah. it's a really fascinating like that's a whole other thing. But this is more like, no, these women are strong. They're going to do what they're going to do to get the job done. Like and. Right. Right. But then there's other women who don't get that advantage. And like, for instance, like Terrence is another thing where she I think she refers to Michelle as like a female wannabe. Yeah. And so uh, like uh, it's like, well, like <laughs> we don't really know like Michelle's story. Like we don't know if Michelle's just doing drag as a spy for Seth. Like we don't know right, that. Right. We don't know if like she's really a drag queen. I mean, I'm thinking that the the actor is actually like. Uh, yeah, I, I looked queen. him up and he won yeah. uh, Miss Gay America 1977. Okay. So, really? I, obviously yeah. gorgeous, right? Yeah. So I just think like that's a whole other. And also seems to have played female roles in the other movies he was in. He played a hooker in 1987's Surrender, played a character named Anne in Talking Walls, uh-huh. character named Isadora Shepperton in Murder Me, Murder You. So Wow. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. So, and that's Michael Andrews. Michael Andrews. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I think like the way that like 
this gender, like this, this person who kind of is fluid in their gender expression, the way that they're depicted, I mean, isn't like the things that are said about the person, those to me stand out the most like, uh, that's annoying. Yeah. But the fact that they even are in this movie and they're part of this like evil gang and kind of powerful is like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, (laughs) I think that's neat. Yeah. I mean, he even gets a whole shootout scene out of drag. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. So Uh, anyway, so those are my thoughts really. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's definitely an interesting movie, and I definitely want to to watch more Sedaris movies. But um, <laughs> what what do you all think about it being um, part of the trash canon as being a a uh, a worthy uh, B movie? Like, would you even consider it so bad it's good, or is it like legitimately a good film? That's a good question. Mm-hmm. I mean. <laughs> I, I I think it is hmm. you can say something so bad it's good, meaning that it's good in ways that the filmmakers didn't intend. Yeah. You know, yeah. where it's it's so bad that like, you know, your 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 plan nine from outer space or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's so bad you're laughing at it because of its horrible acting, sets, plot, whatever. Or something can be so bad it's good because um you know, it's uh it's trying to be trying to be something that it's not you know and then that's mm-hmm. that's entertaining this one i think it was everything was intentional i think yeah sedaris absolutely knew what he was doing you know he was having fun with it mm-hmm. um but it is it is still i would not call it a good movie because it's yeah. it, it has as we've said it has major um uh issues with like sequencing of, of scenes yeah. uh you know uh crucial information is delivered and like i didn't i didn't get that taryn was in the witness protection program the first time i watched oh, it okay. i knew she was like a trainee but i didn't really get the whole yeah witness protection element you know right yeah. um you know so it has these these things that are easy to miss because the exposition isn't presented very well right or you know yeah like uh there's pacing issues there's a weird anticlimactic climax you know so i, I would never call it a good movie but i I loved it because of the sort of brio and daring that mm-hmm. uh, went into making it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, you know, like we're gonna have these people running around with a with a quadruple tubed rocket launcher and <laughs> blowing stuff up, and yeah. sex dolls getting blown up, and toxic radioactive snakes, and you know, yeah, I, it was great. I just I loved the yeah the daring that went into it. And, yeah, and and that's what made me love the movie. Yeah, so. it's good for like its sense of fun. It's it is intentional. It's not like it's unintentionally. Um, so I think it is intentionally trashy. Def, it's it, intentionally it, trashy. It belongs sure. in trash cinema. Yes. Uh, because yes. it wanted to be there. Yeah. Not because yeah. it was trying not to be. Exactly. It, it wasn't so. trying to be something it's not. Yeah. It. Yeah. W- yeah. No, I completely agree. Yeah, yeah, you summed it up really nicely. Well, thank you. Yeah, and I think Andy Sedaris is. Um, uh, Interesting because usually the rule is that B movies are born, not made. They're mm. they're made out of someone's um, ambition, but lack of, of uh, technical skill, or sure. um, or just because they're they're completely <laughs> completely insane. They cannot, <laughs> right, right. Like the mind that brought us Birdemic. Um, right. right. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just like the fact that he was intentional. This is these are the kinds of movies that he wanted to make. These are the types of things he wanted to shoot. These are the things he wanted to see. 
And then in conjunction, like with his wife being a producer, like I just find that to be very like I like that. I like when I there's like collaboration between, um, you know, partners to create something that they enjoy. And I think to have that as a piece of intentional B movie, love it. I think that's great. And I think that's subversive in its own way, too. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think um, I think that's a great note to end on, unless uh, <laughs> either of you want to throw something else in. I think uh, we covered it pretty I well. I think we did, man. That movie, oh, just excellent. check it out. Like, it's just, there's going to be a lot of boobs. There's going to be a lot of butts. But yeah. overall, it just is so much fun. It's just a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, uh, I was your host, uh, Chad Denton. Uh, you can find me at chadsdenton.com. Uh, also, uh, I run the YouTube shows um, Hollywood Hates History and Before Stonewall. Mm-hmm. And uh, Desiree, D- David, uh, uh, let the good people know where they can find you. Oh, man. Well, um, I am at sirlarkins.com and also the Esoteric Order of Role Players. That's our tabletop role-playing game actual play podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, Desiree, you don't really I, I'm have weird a in my presence, um, but I am <laughs> I'm, I'm everywhere and nowhere. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for joining me. And, Thank um, you. My pleasure. This is so fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we gotta do this again. All right, well, and um, yeah, we'll join us next time. Bye.